of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But as we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. But for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I therefore forgive you your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. To you, O Lord, I call my Lord, be God to me. Blessed if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down through the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help. When I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary, blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield, in him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts. And with my song I give thanks to him. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord is the strength of his people. He gives the saving refuge of his anointed. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord 
us, gracious Lord. grant us steadfast confidence in your loving kindness and mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The scripture readings for this, the 14th Sunday after Pentecost, is recorded in the reverse side of the service folder. The Old Testament lesson from the 56th chapter of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance be revealed. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. 
the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack not a thing. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. The epistle lesson from the 11th chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means, for I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. And now I am speaking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, What will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? As regards the gospel, they are enemies of God for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that By the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of his rival. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And shall we go. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 15th chapter. And Jesus went away from there, and he withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. And yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. 
confess with me our holy Christian faith and the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for today, the Holy Gospel, 
particular these words from Matthew 15. But she came and knelt before Jesus, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. This is our text, dear friends in Christ. The Summer Olympics in Beijing, China. Many of us have been watching them during this past week, and undoubtedly many, perhaps most of us, would be watching them in the week to come. Fascinating competition of the world's finest athletes with each country eagerly cheering on its own. World records being set all over the place, especially in the field of swimming. And who can help but be awestruck by the Phelps phenomena? Michael Phelps and all of the medals that he's winning. The U.S. swimmer who now holds more Olympic gold from any one Olympiad than any other Olympian in the modern era of Olympics. Also exciting. It's also entertaining once every four years. And some would say there's been all too much misrepresenting of reality in these particular Olympics as well. Cases in point. Example one. Chinese officials admit that because they weren't able to clean up the air over Beijing in time, computerized fireworks, including a fake shake to simulate a helicopter flying in the air, is what we really saw on television in the opening ceremonies. Example two. Minutes before the ceremony, directors replaced the seven-year-old singer whose teeth were quite crooked with a prettier little girl who had beautiful straight and white teeth and proceeded to limp-sync then the song that had been sung by the seven-year-old girl with the crooked teeth. Example three, those phenomenal footwork fireworks, the footprint fireworks that some of you may have seen during the opening ceremony that led the world from the the south end of the city to the north end of the city where the Olympic Stadium called the Bird's Nest is located, computer generated because these shots could not be seen due to the city smog. And of course there's the dog issue. Dog meat ordered off local menus by Beijing Food Safety Office not because of health concerns but rather because of sensitivities that Westerners might have. Speaking of dogs and misrepresentation brings us right to our text for today. The dog connection you get because of the woman's response to our Lord's words, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. We'll talk more of that in a few moments. But where's the misrepresentation that takes place in our text for today? Who is it in our text for today who is misrepresenting themselves? Well, take a look first of all at what happened. It's Matthew lays out the events before us. It's interesting to see that he says that Jesus determines to withdraw to the district of Tyre and Sidon. It's an area along the Mediterranean coast about 40 miles away from the Lake of Galilee where you remember last week we heard about Jesus walking on water to his disciples about 40 miles away from that. He withdraws to this area, St. Matthew says, and the verb withdraw in the Greek is an interesting verb. It means to retire. It implies to get some rest. You're not just going there to do something else. You're going to a certain area. You're withdrawing from the crowds that were there gathered around him to get some rest because in that prior week, you'll recall, 
It had been a physically and a mentally draining time for him. Now granted, as true God, he had walked on water. He had healed, St. Matthew tells us, all of the sick that were brought to him. They touched the hems of his garments, and all of them were healed. And yet, even though it was indeed God in the flesh among us who was doing these things, remember that he also is indeed true man. The divine and the human natures of our Lord Jesus Christ, inseparably, irreversibly linked together in one person, so that the fully divine and the fully human person, our Lord Jesus Christ, is able on the one hand to perform these miracles that even defy the laws of nature, and yet on the other hand, he has this very real human need to anakarea, in the Greek, to withdraw, to retire for a time in order to rest. But before he can even do that, St. Matthew tells us he has to engage a group of Pharisees and scribes who would come all the way up there to that area in order to engage him in a debate coming all the way from Jerusalem over a hundred miles away and they debate him interestingly about the nature of man and about sin and they're insisting that what defiles a man is that which comes into a man from the outside that which he might eat or whatever it might be and Jesus turns it around and he says, no, you've got it all wrong. That which defiles a man is that which comes out from him, for out of the heart proceeds these very things. And he has to engage this debate with these scribes and these Pharisees, and then finally, having done so, he, he says, all right, enough. And again, he withdraws. Jesus went away from there, as we see in our text for today. Jesus went away from there, and he withdrew. He retired to the district of Tyre and Sidon, where maybe among the unbelieving Gentiles he won't be bothered. He might there get some rest after all. What would the Canaanites, that's what they were in this area, the Syrophoenicians they were called, what would they possibly want with, with Jesus of Nazareth? Their religion was antagonistic toward him. They were antagonistic pagan practices in which they engaged as they worshipped the goddess Ashtoreth, for example. What would they want with a Jew like Jesus? And what would Jesus want with them? Well, Jesus knew what he wanted with them. He knew that they needed him desperately. And so despite the fact that he's withdrawing, he goes to the very people who would so much need him. And lo and behold, what happens? St. Matthew says, a Canaanite woman from that region comes out. And she's crying after Jesus, no rest for him, no place to pillow his head, even as he had earlier said, not even there among the Canaanites. And here too, in this woman, is the misrepresentation that I spoke about earlier. You see, it's the woman in our text, interestingly, who misrepresents herself. Now think on it. How was it that she misrepresented herself? She tries to pass herself off as some pious Israelite, some pious Jewish mother who was emotionally horrified and crushed by the demonic possession of her daughter. How do we know that, you ask? Well, what does the, uh, St. Matthew say? He says that she cries out, 
Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is demonically possessed. Note well the title that she uses. She calls him the son of David. That's a distinctly Israelite title. It's a term for the Messiah that would be used by the Jews, certainly not by the Canaanites. A distinctly Israelite term for the Messiah who was to come. It's not what a Canaanite would say. But so desperate is she for help that she's ready to pass herself off as something else if she must. Desperation does that, doesn't it? Desperation will cause people to do about most anything in order to get the help that they determine that they need. Think about it. Things get desperate enough. Let our health or let the health of someone who we love dearly get bad enough. Let the situations which our sins plunge us into in life make things dire enough for us. And how many people will so often do almost anything and try about anything that gives any hint at all that it would be able to be of some help to them. I'll plug my nickel and my dime's worth of pious phrases, for example, into whatever vending machine I have to, if out of that vending machine will come the help that I need. But that's not faith. That's fear-motivated attempts at manipulation. That's fear-motivated fraud. And fraud with God won't work. Doesn't work today. Didn't work for the Syrophoenician woman who tried to pass herself off for what she wasn't. What does our text say indeed that Jesus said when she cried out, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David? Remember what he said? Matthew says, Jesus did not answer her a single word. Not a word. Stony, cold silence. Jesus says nothing. You see, our Lord will not be manipulated into giving his blessings. It's not simply a matter of saying the right words, as she initially thought it was, and contrary to what is so often said regarding the woman's persistence, it's not a matter of being so obnoxiously persistent that we wear God out as though he'll do whatever we want him to do if only we wear him out enough. Any such manipulative attitude, any such irreverent approach will receive no more than the Syrophoenician woman received in her answer from the Lord. Absolute silence. And yet ironically, ironically, in that very silence that she got, she also got what she asked for when she cried incessantly, Lord, have mercy upon me. For you see, as someone has said, mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. And that's exactly what she got. God did not give her what she deserved because she deserved, indeed, what her daughter had. She deserved to be as demonically possessed as her daughter. But in his mercy, God did not give her what she deserved. Instead, he was silent. So you see, our Lord will not be moved by either our misrepresentations or attempted manipulations of him. To them, he remains silent, being merciful, doing nothing lest we get what we really deserve. But if, as has been said, mercy is God not giving us what we deserve, then grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. And that's what Jesus goes on to give this Syrophoenician woman. 
That's exactly what happens in our text for today. We see the grace of God. We see the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ reaching out to this woman, enveloping her, taking her unto himself. We see grace in its graceful operation, a grace which, as it did for, and as it will for little Mark Howe de Vries this morning to the second service in his baptism, a grace that reaches out and takes that which is not deserving of anything that he's about to give. But that's what grace is, and that's what grace does, and that's what grace did here. Grace creating a faith relationship with someone in Jesus Christ, a faith relationship that trusts him so implicitly that it's perfectly content with whatever crumbs might fall from the master's table. It makes not demands, but is content instead with anything that falls from the master's table. That's what faith is. A relationship which, like a dog under its master's table, lays no claim to that which is upon the table as though it has somehow merited or deserved it. Or like a little child that is fed when it's hungry, it knows nothing but its hunger and is fed simply because it's loved. A relationship begun and sustained simply by that, that mercy of God that doesn't give it what it deserves and that wonderful grace of God which gives us all what we don't deserve and could never in a million years have merited. What mercy! What mercy God has upon us, remembering not the sins of our youth, remembering not yesterday's transgressions, the psalmist says, but rather remembering us how, according to his abundant mercies. His tender mercies, which are nowhere more evident than they were upon the cross of Calvary, where rather than giving us what we truly deserved, we instead are freely given what belonged to him, what belonged indeed to Christ. We give the only begotten Son of God what we deserved, and he suffers for us the deepest depths of death. He suffers for us the remotest regions of our deserved hell, that by his grace we might receive what we don't deserve, all that belongs to him. In this world, but most certainly also in that which is yet to come. And that's why St. Paul writes, God, and notice how he uses the term mercy and grace in the, in the verse here. St. Paul says, God being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved and raised up with him, and he has seated us with him in heavenly places in order that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Thus St. Paul. God's mercy, so immense, said the 4th century church father John Chrysostom. His mercy so immense, he says, that, that man can neither fathom its depth nor scale its height. When the whole world, Chrysostom said, was submerged in sin, God arose and he conquered the powers of darkness so that even the most vile of men could not doubt his salvation. Are you corrupt, he says? Well then, look to the publican sinner. What happened to him? Jesus sent him home justified. Are you impure, he says? But then look at the adulteress, 
to whom Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you, now go and sin no more. Are you a murderer or a thief, he says. Well, then look at the penitent malefactor on the cross that was beside the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said to him, today you shall be with me in paradise. Have you ever set yourself against Christ, Chrysostom asks. Well, then take a good look at St. Paul, he says. First a persecutor of the church, then a preacher of the gospel. First a deceiver, and then a steward of the very mysteries of God. First a wolf, and then a shepherd of the flock. First a destroyer of the Lord's vineyard, then a guardian thereof. At first, he says, you look into the abyss of man's depravity. And then in each case, you look into the sea of God's infinite mercy. O Lord, thou son of David, have mercy upon us. And he does. Upon each and every one of us, he indeed does. Therefore, the writer of Hebrews says, because he does, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of his grace that we may receive mercy and find help in our time of need. And that's what the woman in today's text did. She drew near with confidence in Christ, in his mercy, and in his grace. Not because she deserved it, not because she might be able to misrepresent herself or manipulate him, but she drew near to him, trusting in his mercy and his grace. And in that very hour, Scripture says, her daughter was completely healed. Some time ago, I read of a young man who sat beside the hospital bed of his wife. It was nearing the time when they were going to be holding in their arms for the first time a newborn child. They bask in that glow of announcement, it's a little boy. Later, however, they begin a desperate search for a specialist who could help their newborn son, but to no avail because little Ronnie was mentally impaired and his parents were devastated. But the entrance of this young father and mother into the school of suffering taught them many valuable things. Recalling that first grief-fraught summer after the child was born, the father, Ronald Meredith, said, Grief has taught us lessons that joy could never know. Unlike the woman in our text, Ronald Meredith didn't see his son healed. At least he has not seen him healed yet, but by faith he knows that in time his prayer will be answered, his son will someday be whole, Though that day may be in the distant future, when on that day God's plans for his son will be perfected and he will look at his little son Ronnie and he'll say to him as he had so often before, hi son, and little Ronnie will for the first time respond, hi dad, we'll need a lot of talking time then, Meredith says there in heaven, because Ronnie has never been able to speak a word here on earth. Time for talking, there in heaven they will indeed have. It may seem at times that God hasn't heard our prayers. It may seem at times that God doesn't care, even as I'm sure it must have for this Syrophoenician woman at first in our text for today. Her first cries for mercy being met with, with nothing but silence. But have we not also seen from this account for today 
that silence is only a brief delay. And God's delay is not denial. Delay instead is often that precious time during which the Lord repairs us and prepares us and schools us to be grateful recipients of the gifts of his grace which he is about to lavishly lay upon us. The sin within us complains about such delays, but within us also by God's grace there's also that, that faith. That faith that keeps on praying because faith knows that it's simply a matter of time. It's simply a matter of time before we're lifted from here where the crumbs fall to there from where they fall. May it be so for you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
pray then for all, even as he bids us do, and especially today for the family of our brother in Christ, Vernon Lee, that they might be comforted. Our Lord called Vernon home to heaven this past Friday afternoon. A memorial service has been scheduled for Thursday, August 28th at 1 o'clock p.m. We also pray for the wife of Earl Means, our brother in Christ, Earl Means, died this past Friday also in New Zealand. And we remember his wife Gladys and their family in our prayers. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. We pray. O Father in heaven, look with mercy upon us, your needy children on earth, even as you mercifully looked upon the woman of old who begged for the crumbs that fell from the table. Grant us your grace, that we, like she, may hallow your holy name by humbly trusting in your word and receiving the blessings that you give us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Indeed, through your word and sacraments, may your kingdom come to us in the person of your Son, even as you send your Holy Spirit this day to deliver the infant Mark Howe de Vries from the kingdom of darkness into the splendor of your kingdom of light through holy baptism, so do we pray that you would send that same spirit to others bound by the devil's darkness, that they too may know your son Jesus Christ and celebrate his love in the fellowship of your church. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant us, O Holy Father, our daily bread. Bless our homes, especially today do we thank you for the 46 years of marriage that you've granted unto Don and Carol and Brink, and for providing them with all they truly need during these years. We pray for our nation as well, that you would grant us good leaders and good government, honest businesses and industry, useful arts and sciences. Protect us from violence of every sort, and grant us confidence in your will for our lives that they may overflow with gratitude and with thanksgiving, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Forgive us, Father, our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us as husbands and wives and parents and children and neighbors and friends. Remove from us all bitterness and the desire for revenge that we may forgive as we've been forgiven and love even those who would do us harm and in that love to do all that needs to be done to prevent harm from being done to us or others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Protect us, O Father, in every trial and every temptation. Enable us by your Spirit to so cling to your Son that in his name and by his power we may overcome the evil one, the world, and our own sinful flesh. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Deliver us, Holy Father, from every evil and every ill of body and soul, from the physical sicknesses that assail us, and from the weariness that weakens us. To that end, be with your servants, Paul Dewell and Dick and Elsie Much, Vic Small, others who suffer, that they might know that your deliverance, either here on earth or in the glories of heaven, will indeed be theirs. With the family of Vernon Lee, and also with that of Earl Means, we thank you that your holy angels have borne them safely home to heaven. And we pray for the comfort of each family. We pray for the comfort indeed of all of those, your children who mourn, that they might have confidence in our Lord Jesus Christ and his promises. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive our prayers. Mercifully prepare us to receive the very body and blood of your Son, that through this holiest of gifts, we may be forgiven our sins and strengthened in faith and endure unto everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
with the saints and the martyrs of old, O Lord, and all our loved ones who have gone before us, we too confess that yours is the kingdom that has no end, the power that knows no limits, the glory that exceeds all human comprehension. Into your merciful and mighty hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary, and for our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. And therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of light and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. O Hosanna, O Hosanna, O Hosanna in the upon those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and to be our Savior. With repentant joy we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood upon the cross and gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus. We beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. And gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful in the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us to you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Of God you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us.
gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may together with all your saints celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.